0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Twenties. Gentlemen, we just uploaded episode 25, so we are a quarter of a century old. How about that? Round of applause. Let's go. Let's go. Love it. Still Thank trying you. to do the, the twice a week. We're going to try to stick with that, and I know that the content is going to still have the same quality. We're just going to try to pump more out for you guys. But for this episode, you notice we have a guest. First time on the podcast, we got Casey here. Casey, what's going on, man? Hey there, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Welcome. Yeah, it's absolutely oh, a pleasure. Casey, for this episode, we brought you on because I know that Connor was mentioning how the two of you have talked about this several times, especially with your you know, personal upbringing, Connor, as well. You know, something that a lot of us suffer from divorced parents. He his parents are still together, so it's going to be cool to have a different dynamic on a topic, which for this week is going to be called family upbringing. So... Let's hop into it. I believe, let's see who started it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I can start it. Yeah, Casey, thanks for coming on, man. I mean, I I thought of you, Tanner and I were trying to come up with topics and family upbringing was one of them. You and I, like Tanner said, have talked about this so many times. And so we've already kind of covered this like personally, but I'd like to hear, you know, like how has your upbringing in terms of your family impacted you in your twenties as you've grown up compared to maybe when you were a teenager, like your perception of it?
2: Well, through perception, I would say you tend to, I guess, see things like the, what happens behind closed doors, as you'd say. A lot of the things that, you know, you don't notice as a child become very apparent as an adult. And I guess you can start to look back at it and see like, was that good? Was that bad? How did that affect me now? From my own personal experience, I could see the divorce was at a younger age for me. So it's something that I didn't realize affected me until way later. It was just not having the father figure around as much and being raised mainly by a single mother. It's like that kind of dynamic was not, I guess, normal. Now I I say that, but nowadays the divorce rate is so high, especially in our age group. So actually having the parents that are together tend to be like the abnormal nowadays. But I guess it definitely caused some issues when I got to later. I'm trying to think of a good example, but it's, I would say mainly like the dealing with emotions. Because I guess like always having the father figure around, I guess you express emotions differently with your father than your mother. So being raised by my mom, I was always seen as a very emotional person. So through all my relationships, as I grew older, going into my 20s, going into college, my friends, I would say I'm very in touch with my emotions. But a lot of people say that's being sensitive, other words and stuff like that. So I would say it was a little detrimental to relationship building. Because, I mean, when a girl is usually looking for a guy, they want the manly, masculine dude. And since I was raised by my mother, that, like, definitely had a big effect on that. But I would say it probably isn't the same for everyone who was raised solely by their mom. But for my own situation, that definitely affected my relationships.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I know for me personally, we've talked about this. I have a... Not completely the same as yours, but my mom had a way bigger presence in my life as well. I've been seen as more sensitive maybe than other guys as well. That's definitely impacted my relationship. And for any fellows who are listening who consider themselves emotional, it's okay to be sensitive and emotional. There's nothing wrong with expressing your feelings. Like no matter if somebody shames you for it, I'm sorry. It's good to express your emotions. So that that's interesting to hear how it impacted you, especially with the relationship with your mom and dad. GT, Tanner, do you guys have anything to add?
3: Go ahead, boss, man. Dude, I mean, I can't really say I'm around the same because I have had both my parents together. Mm -hmm. And so I've had both. I've had a mom who's been very caring, but she was also more of like a tough mom. It was one of those like, my mom and dad did not put up with none of that. (laughs) They did not put up with it. So it was, I I wouldn't say strict. I would say very on top of me it's because they wanted me to succeed and because they saw a lot in me and because they've also are successful people. So it's kind of not following in their footsteps, but trying to help guide me into my own path of success, just like how they've done. So it's absolutely something I wouldn't call you sensitive. I would just say you're it, and it's nothing wrong with expressing emotions because nowadays if you look at it people are starting to see that as like being stronger and mentally strong and mentally and mental health is honest to God I think the most important health and that could be a hot take but I think mental health is absolutely something that comes first because your mental health is going to decide and kind of guide your other healths.
2: No, I definitely could agree that mental health is like, I would say, I would agree that it's more important because in some ways, mental health can hurt you faster than physical.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it's more
2: instantaneous rather physical will affect you later in life, but mental can be right in the moment. And it can be, have a prolonged effect that isn't not as easy recoverable. Like physically you can recover, but mentally it's harder to.
3: Yeah. yeah, It it takes a lot because that's where life starts is up in the brain. That's what controls everything. But I mean that's just coming from my side so I mean I want to know Tanners because I know a lot about Tanners but I think there's a couple gray spots where maybe just it's hard to get that out maybe because it's a little sensitive thing
0: I mean for me yeah it is a sensitive thing because uh, my parents separated my senior year of high school and I was so used to my household which is something we're going to talk about being used to our household and thinking that is the normal but for my household I thought my parents were, were decently happy together and everything. And so when they did divorce, it really, really surprised me and made me really reevaluate what love was and what I prioritize in my own personal relationships with my girlfriend and my family. Yeah. Communication obviously is, is a much bigger thing for me now because I thought my parents communicated well, but coming to find out post-divorce and hearing through the grapevine and stuff, that was not the case. So in terms of how the upbringing impacted me from the 20s versus a teenager, as a teenager, I was a little more oblivious to my family dynamic because, you know, I just thought everything was happy and I didn't really feel like there was a reason to question my family and and the household. But as I got older, you kind of like reminisce on the past a little bit and maybe think of some things that you weren't really aware of in the moment. And so, yeah, it's a sensitive topic, but it's a good thing to talk about. It's nothing to shy away from. Because that kind of helps form and mold your way of love, your way of communication, the way that you're going to raise your family. If you choose to have one, I'll leave it at that.
3: No, I think that's very beautiful, but with the different views and perspectives and kind of like going through with parenting, it made me think about what is something that Casey starting with you, what is something that has stuck with you into your twenties that has helped you grow as a human being that your family taught you, showed you, molded you, just whatever, along those guidelines. Oh, well,
2: I would say trying to be like an open door policy with parents. That is something that my parents always strive to do, they didn't want me to be the person that they were like a stranger to me. And only that parental figure that I saw as the responsibility. They wanted to also extend that open door to where they can hear me out. And if I have a problem now, with that being said, sometimes that was harder for them Because in my parents' situation, they're both very emotional being people and especially my mom, she's very like, she suffers from depression. So it's like going to her about my stuff. If I was dealing with depression, it was very difficult, but I think the open door policy regardless still helped. So even though sometimes if I wanted to talk about something, they couldn't really handle it, it was still just being able to like say that I was heard. And I wasn't feeling silenced as a kid because I hear multiple friends, they're afraid to go to their parents about things. And yeah. I could say, confidently I was never afraid to ever go to my parents about anything, even if I would knew it was going to be bad, even if I knew it was going to be scary, I was telling them bad news, like, oh, I got in trouble, I would say, I got pulled over today, that kind of thing. Like, I was never afraid to tell them. They were always my first go-to call. And I hear some of my friends, they say they have emergency contacts as their siblings rather than their parents, because they're terrified of what their parents would say. And I'm glad that I didn't have that kind of situation because I would say that would probably be very detrimental to have a relationship later in life. And I can say confidently now that I'm like on very good terms with both my parents, you know, coming to terms with how I was like raised and stuff. They're like my friends, but you know, they're still my parents, but I would say open door policy is my favorite thing that I got from my upbringing for sure.
3: That's awesome. That's a nice balance in between there. Oh, no, no, it's guys? a tough one, though. It's a tough one. Uh, to
2: yeah, it's tough. So, because I've seen the opposite where people are too friendly and they're the cool yeah. parents. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, the cool parents. And then, it, like, they have no, basically no boundaries at all.
3: Yeah. And kids go, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we'll,
1: we'll get into that with a little
3: Getting, later. It's finding that balance and maintaining.
1: Yeah. We're definitely going to get into that. That happens to a lot of people. I would say I have something similar with Casey. So I won't, I won't copy his answer. My mom had a really really just my mom specifically. I didn't develop a good relationship with my father, I would say, like a really good one until I was in my 20s or like late teens after I graduated high school. But I would say one thing that my mom definitely taught me that I strive to do with people now is to learn to develop empathy for people and to put myself in other people's shoes, which I I consider myself really good at. She always, probably to her detriment, made anything that was going on in our lives about us. I mean, she put so much thought and care into making my brother and I's lives so good, especially when the divorce happened when I was about five or six years old. She, of course, sometimes would not talk about her stuff, but that's a whole nother topic. But because she was so good at putting herself in our shoes and what we were going through and putting herself in other people's shoes. She was a nurse. She was always so kind and caring to people. She still is to this day, one of the sweetest, kindest people I've ever met. She taught me how to do that very early on in life. If I didn't agree with how somebody looked at something, she'd be like, well, look at it from their point of view. I mean, very early on. And we could talk about that for hours and hours and hours. So it was was very helpful to develop that. And it's still something that affects me to this day.
0: Dana? What about you, big man? Several things, man. But, but the main thing for me is probably learning <clears throat> to adapt and learning that uh, it's okay to not be okay or two things into mm. one, you know, like you guys know how much I moved, Casey does it, but i moved 12 times before college. I love the way you said that. I would say, by the way, it's okay not to be okay. I love that, by the way. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, moving 12 times before college and stuff like it, you it said it's 12? so 12, yeah, 12, I'm times, sorry. Right. I had to be like, yeah, ask, dude.
3: you said 12? Yeah, 12, 12 times man, God. The place. Mr. Yeah, Worldwide over here. You have the
2: record, man. <laughs> I thought I had, a, my friends, like, I helped them move like eight times, but I've, I've never heard over 10.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's well, crazy. the point of, the point of that is it was tough moving around and trying to make connections with, with kids, but then learning to leave and let go and feeling like you don't know anyone and resetting your whole life. And I did sports, I did bands and you you name it. And that's tough as a kid. It's very emotionally Traumatizing for for a lot of people, but for me to learn it's okay to not be okay and learn to adapt and overcome, that was instilled in my head. And then with other life stuff like GT and Connor, with my dad's situation, you know, it's just like one of those things where my parents were both very vulnerable and they're openly vulnerable around my sister and I, and so they they were emotional in a way to show us that it's okay to be weak. But you can rebound from it, and you have to. There's no other choices; either you do or you don't. So that's a life lesson. That I mean, it's more than just specific situations. That's something that you'll you'll carry on for the rest of your life. So that, that's probably the biggest thing that I took away from my parents.
3: Mine's gonna be a little different, but it's along the same lines as Tanner. I feel like it's two versus two, kind of on this one, because growing up, it was my dad came from rough. My dad grew up poor, like, I mean, poor, Mm -hmm. but my mom grew up with more privileged. I would like to say, I'm not going to start saying putting that R word out there, (laughs) but my mom grew up very privileged, but had a very straight dad and mom. I have two very tough parents that it was adapt and you got to be tough while also adapting because you're going to go through a lot in life. And life's going to throw you so many obstacles you didn't even think were coming that you couldn't have guessed in a million years. But guess what? You got to stay tough no matter what happens. And he would tell me God's going to throw his hardest challenges at his strongest warriors. And that's so true.
2: Yeah. So I, I guess how many siblings do y'all have? Like, I actually, I'm not really sure because I know, I know Connor, I know your family dynamic. I know you have a brother and two brothers, sorry. But like, okay. do y'all have older siblings, younger siblings? Younger siblings for you? Yeah, you, yeah I, got three. I got
0: three sisters.
2: Three sisters? Are you the oldest? Yeah. Youngest?
3: Well, oldest? he's got one direct. He's got he's got three and now. Two younger Yeah. right? Yeah, two younger step gotcha. ones.
2: The reason I ask is because you have siblings. You tend to have these dynamics and stuff where you have the role to play. Like when you're an older sibling, you're usually the person you have to look out for your younger siblings. And yeah. or in in household, yeah. like, you know, the mother is the person you go to when you want to talk about your relationship problems or you go to your dad if you want to learn about your car, you know, very stereotypical, but traditional household stuff. Did y'all ever experience anything that was you would consider untraditional, something that maybe you didn't notice until later into your 20s that you thought was a normal thing in your household? Like, oh, I learned this from my mom. I learned this from my dad. Or did you have a dynamic where you had to take charge as a responsible sibling? or basically a different dynamic than what you would consider traditional?
3: I would say personally, well, first I'm the oldest of three, I but mine's kind of weird because I don't know y'all's age gaps, but it was me, I'm the oldest, and then I have my little brother who's high functioning, autistic. He's about close to almost two years younger than me. So, and I have to take charge of that. And while I wasn't the best big brother for him when we were younger, I've grown to, take care of him because like that's my brother i take that partially on me that i wasn't as nice and kind to him when i should have because that's my little brother like that's my duty and my role and that's something that i i deeply regret but the age gap is between so i was 11 and a half my little sister was born so it's a big age gap because that puts about my brother at about 10 nine and a half or something so it was it's we're just way different but she's now we have to take care of her and my brother and her this that's all day long is bloodheads and i'm not at the house so i can't do nothing i can't do a whole lot only when i come over But I would say to answer your question more directly before Tanner gets up on me about it, I would say just try to be there more. I need to be there more for them Mm. just because we have a big age gap. And I also have a little brother who's high functioning autistic is to be more patient instead of rough and tough on my little brother. No,
2: I would see that. So, that's, it is very tough to grow up with that. And I would say my actually, it's it's actually very coincidental. I didn't know this about you, but I would say my older brother also is a high function autistic. And I would say yep. being the older, him being the older brother, it was difficult for me because mm-hmm. I was the youngest of four, but I had a lot more responsibility because I was expected to basically watch out for my older brother. And it was very, you know, I guess like not traditional because reversed. I mean, just kind of reverse so in a way he was like kind of like my younger brother but he didn't like that because he knew he was the older brother and it was very hard for him because Mm -hmm. i would try and help him and he didn't want it and so it was difficult i actually come from a very similar situation where i kind of do regret how i was as a brother when i was younger and it took me years later to realize the things i was doing was just not good and i couldn't have been a brother to him so it's tough and it's tough to deal with but the only thing is acknowledging that you could do better you know Doing that go in the for it Now, exactly.
0: Yeah,
3: man. Yeah, Absolutely. that's uh,
0: that takes another level of, of patience, love, man. For I mean, oh, with a sibling with mental or physical disorder and or disability in general, and a similar way, just moving around so much, a lot of times the only friends that my sister and I had were each other. And I feel like if we stayed in one place, like you guys, Connor and GT, it's your best friends with your siblings in some ways, but also you're so used to actually having your friends and solid friend groups that they weren't like so involved in everything that you did. You kind of had your own separate lives, but lived in the same house. Whereas my sister and I, I mean, we were the only people that we had through thick and thin, you know, our parents were doing their own thing. And then for a while, every time we'd move, it was only my sister and I. And then when my dad got in, <clears throat> got in his car accident and he was in the hospital and everything, I had to be a really strong brother. I, I don't wanna say father role. I won't say my, my dad did anything wrong, but once he was disabled and a bilateral amputee, that really changes your dynamic of stepping up as a big brother and being emotional support for her, but also being strong for your sibling. Because if you're showing weakness, one as a brother, as a man or whatever, but also, just in general as someone that they look up to they they see that weakness and they're going to feed off of it as well so there's times where obviously i was going through my own personal struggles associated with my dad's situation but i wasn't able to publicly show that at times because i was trying to be there for my sister so kind of similar like t and, and casey there in terms of trying to take care of your sibling and that, that was my life you know because from sixth grade on, that's that's when my dad was the, the amputee. So at a weird age too, in middle school, you're still trying to figure yourself out and all kinds of stuff associated with middle school. But from middle school on, I had to turn that switch and be a more of a role model in addition to being a big brother.
2: Yeah. I would say being put in a situation that's out of your control is nothing mm-hmm. any kid could ever prepare themselves for. So everyone no. is going to always struggle in that transition. Being older now and be able to acknowledge that that was something that was difficult, but it was something you had to do it's kind of like an obligation because you wouldn't want to put that on your other siblings, especially like your younger siblings, because you have that role to play. And, Absolutely, man. And it's important Would you say that it has affected y'all's mental health and where it's like that role that you were forced to play, you felt like you were not as heard. Because in my own situation, I felt like there were things that I wasn't able to say or anything to do because I had to step up. I had to be the man. I had to be responsible. So it's like that kind of thing could be very detrimental to what like being in your 20s now.
3: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough by no means, it's not easy. And I can see where you say add up, because and I knew you moved a lot. So just having you two and stuff, but I'm glad that we were able to come into your life and give you more support. Yeah, Tanner. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I, I actually, you guys, it's so funny. Y'all kind of sound like what my older brother would sound like. I have an older brother, I'm the middle kid. And my older brother i'm not going to presume exactly how he felt in those situations but i imagine it echoes somewhat similarly to y'all in a way because my father as great of a relationship as i have with him now he He was troubled when we grew up, especially after the divorce. And I I even think he would admit he didn't make the best decisions as a father for us. And like I said before, I was primarily raised by my mother. So because we were around her so much and he was not always stable just with how he handled things in life. And again, these are things I've talked about with him. So I feel like I can share this. I think my older brother had to take more of a fatherly role, especially for me. And I think I'm because I'm more sensitive and empathetic anyways, in general, that I think I probably would have needed more of a hand in a normal family dynamic anyways from my father figure. But then the lack sometimes of a father figure in my life made me turn to my older brother more and our relationship for years, because I think he resented that and he didn't want to be put in that was strange. I mean, I've, and I've had conversations with my older brother about this as well, but we, I mean, we didn't have a good relationship, I would say, for a very long time. I mean, it was never bad or, like, hateful, but I never felt like I could talk to him about anything. I felt like he was always – he never wanted to be around me, never wanted to hang out with me. Y'all are the older ones, and I have what it was like maybe as – maybe how some of y'all's younger younger siblings feel. Maybe not the resentment part, because it sounds like y'all stepped up sometimes. But I knew that, for me, I have a younger brother as well. So because of my lack of relationship maybe with my older brother – i went overboard for my younger brother to have a relationship with him so my younger brother and i are incredibly close because i knew how i felt with my older brother and i didn't want him to feel like that at all kind of like you guys so i i have like a it's it's weird I, I feel like i'm in the middle like sometimes i know what it's like to be an older brother but i also sides. know what it's like i feel both sides and it's it's a weird push and pull of being in the middle where I stepped up for my little brother, but I felt like I didn't always have somebody to step up enough for me. It was abnormal maybe because of how my father was at times and how the whole divorce affected our family, I would say.
3: Quick question, because we're on this with all of how we're all talking and sounding, does it feel as if we kind of became a third parent to maybe that well, Casey with your older brother being high-functioning, autistic, and Connor, you be in the middle, you have a younger sibling and Tanner, you are the oldest of two. Does it feel like, but Casey, you're still with us, does it kind of feel like you were that third parent?
2: Well, in my situation, I would, like I said, I didn't really step up for my older brother up until like probably high school where I really started to try to be a friend to him. Mm-hmm. From my early part of childhood, I was very into it because I wanted to go out and make friends and I always mm-hmm. felt obligated to bring him with me if like we went out to the movies or something. And that's something I... Did resent when I was younger and I, you know, grew to feel this terrible guilt once I got older, but I could see it actually my older sister, my oldest sister, she had to step up. Like when my parents got divorced, she was the oldest of four. And I saw that she had to step up basically anytime I had problems with school or anything. She was usually the first person I went to, even though the open door policy was apparent with my parents. I didn't want to bother them because I knew they were struggling with like either work, you know, just their like divorce and all that. Yeah. So I had to go to my older sister a lot and I could see that had a big effect on her to where the point where the moment she went off to college, she was gone. Did not see her. She was gone. She left and she was gone for nine years before I saw her again. Yeah. That's another story <laughs> that can definitely have a big effect when you're like pushed into that basically third parent role. I, I know that can have a big effect. Cause like I resented my sister for doing that for a while but after growing older coming to terms with what she had to deal with basically it made me realize like what she had to deal with was tough she was forced into a position that was not fair for a child to be that yeah. like third parent it's not fair but sometimes you you know you got to deal with the cars that you're dealt but she she didn't want to deal with it and she left for a while but she came back recently so
1: yeah I mean i i'll just speak briefly because i know tanner wants to say something in getting older and realizing how my family dynamic has impacted me and how it can impact everybody i see my brother's my older brother's side more how he was forced to take more responsibility in a situation that he didn't ask for and a lot of times that's what happens in your family situation you don't you don't ask for your dynamic you don't ask for the events that impact your childhood but they just happen because that's what happens in life you can't change the fact that they happen the only thing you can do is change the effects like how it impacts you and as you get older you, you have to come to terms with those things because if you don't i mean you have to grow up with resentment anxiety fear anger whatever you know so as i've gotten older i as somebody who also understands the older parent thing too casey i or the older sibling kind of third parent thing. I, I get what you're saying with that. It, it's a tough position to be in,
3: for sure. Mm-hmm. I really want to know how you felt. Did you feel like a third parent? Was I will not even say third parent. It was more so just being, like I said, it was more so being
0: a role model. Sure, I was helping my sister, guiding her and correcting her like a parent would. But it was more so me setting the example for her and more so being like, hey, it's going to be okay. Look at what I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm doing good in school. I'm doing well in sports. I have friends. You can do this too. The only people we've had at times is you and I. And if I'm getting out of this, you can too when you're at my age or even where you are in life right now. So it wasn't really a parental role. It was more so being a big role model, which I think that is, I mean, there is a difference, but I feel like That was the approach I took just to be a little more empathetic and emotional to tailor towards her being a girl. An emotional girl on top of that, she's still a crazy bitch, but especially back then. We interrupt this episode with a word from our sponsor. Thank you, sponsor.
1: I know the sponsor just played, so thank you. Hopefully, some people get some help out of it. Thank you. Help, ha! Huh? See what I did there. Help, no. But, uh, betterhelp.com. Uh, maybe a little better help. Talk <laughs> no, but Casey, I, I'm curious about this as well. You you kind of touched on it with with each of your siblings, and I know you have a twin as well, so you could maybe touch on how Kylie has responded. But people you you guys have can maybe see yourselves as in similar situations like gt and tanner specifically but even casey with having to play an older sibling role me as well but we always react differently to it you know And not just us like other people in these situations they might be more adverse to it than us or they might be more empathetic to their siblings why do you think some people want to do exactly what their parents did or they want to do the opposite or they, they just react different to how their parents raised them or what their family upbringing is. Casey, I'm, I'm curious what you think.
2: Well, when I see people who strive to want to be like their parents, it's because usually their parents, they, they come from a healthy household. They have something to model their life after, something that could be seen as very positive. In my own situation, there are plenty of positives about my parents and the way they raised me. Because they raised me to be who I am now. And I consider myself a great person. I can see the good things and the bad things. But sure. like, there's plenty of bad things. <laughs> so it's like I do want to be different than my parents. I do want to do things drastically different. I think a big part of it is maintaining that parental border. I don't want to be my kid's best friend. Like, I Mm -hmm. think that was something that my mom did. And once the divorce and everything happened, she was really wanted to be our friend. She always said we could do what we want kind of thing. She was the cool mom. Like my friends came to my house to do anything, anything regardless. I participated in a lot of things that people wouldn't be okay with. And, And it was under the impression that she had the idea that I don't want you doing that with random people. I don't want you doing that where it could be dangerous. She wanted me to be safe in the house kind of thing. And that's something I don't. I think I would drastically change that. It had good parts about it too, because, you know, it keeps a kid from going out to the streets, you know, trying something dumb with random people and something like that. I think that kind of aspect had a negative impact on my life, but I've seen other situations where it's like affected people very well because they can trust their parents for with anything. And I still trust my parents with everything, but I think there was a border that needed to be placed and it was not placed. Kind of basically where I right. like, when the negatives right. outweighed, you can't help but want to be different. Right. Exactly. Now, I've seen other people where they want to be exactly like their parents. Now, I find that, to me, in my own opinion, I find it to be a little weird to want to be exactly like your parents. I would want to be my own person. But yeah. if that's coming from a situation where I have a lot of negatives. Since you coming from, like, a family, since your parents are still together, would you say that you want to be modeled right after your parents? I think it's kind of like pick and choose.
3: Kind of, because yes, I do absolutely agree. I want to be my own person, but I will never be like either of my parents just because of how my dad was brought up and how my mom was brought up. I wouldn't say I'm ever going to be the exact same. I don't know. I pick and choose, and I resemble both of them in different things. I would say I do see how Tanner and his dad interact and they just they shoot the shit they cut it up but like they also have that respect factor with each other granny yes i've seen them like get it like get upset and frustrated with each other but at the end Never. of the day like shut up so but at the end of the day they have that respect factor for each <sighs> other so i i definitely would say i feel like my parents were a little more harsh on me just because my mom came from the rich harsh, but my dad came from like, he had harsh conditions and rough conditions growing up.
0: Yeah, everyone's different, but my parents were complete opposites, which when people say it's attract, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. Sometimes they're too opposite, Yeah, but that's a, balance. That's, where, that's a different topic. But since I had polar opposites, my mother being like the way more of the emotional empathetic kissing a boo boo. Everything's all right. When my dad would just slap it and say, put a band aid on it. Not, not exactly word for it, but you know what I'm saying? Like toughen up.
3: tough, tough. By
0: a tough love. And I had, I, I learned from an early age to be empathetic with people and understand everyone has a story. Everyone has their own shit. You know, kindness can go a long way. So I'm going to be a combination of, of both of those for sure. In my opinion, I kind of needed the person to be on my ass and tell me to do this, this and this because, you're naturally going to stay on top of your shit more if you have someone who's actually correcting you and making sure you're doing everything versus if you have no one who's kind of like saying, reminding you or telling you hey tanner make sure you do all your homework or this or that so when i raise my kids i'm definitely gonna be empathetic towards them and kind to them but also at the same time motivate them by kind of being on them a little bit because that that forms consistency that forms a work ethic that forms going through the tough times and adversity. There's so many life lessons within kind of being tough to your kids in some ways and giving them that extra push. Some people need that motivation.
3: Yeah, uh, so Justifying why say. you're being tough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a
0: difference. There's a difference between doing that and just being a dick, right?
3: Yeah, so <laughs> oh no, for sure. Justifying why difference. you're being tough on there, I definitely agree because I'd want you to understand. Like you don't always come to me, but I will justify why I'm doing some things. I might not say right in the moment, but because I, I want you to think about, it. I want you to grow from that. Mm-hmm. But like, be on your rear, but it's only because I love you and that consistency that you said. Like I want to be that role model. Like right, I yeah. want to. Like I want to go to. Like I work hard. Like i go the extra mile you see your dad's doing this and that you see and not And i'm not just saying like the dad part right because sometimes you know some people's situation is different and i'm also empathetic to that and i can be there you know for my buddies and all that i just want to be a good role model and be like hey your dad works hard like i want you yep. to learn and see it in that way it's from a young age i don't want to give them a fake image I want them to be like this is really who I am and I want them yep. to like learn and grill with that yep. in their Counter own way
1: answer. I agree with everything y'all have said I pretty much want to be you know I have a great relationship with my dad now but I pretty much want to be the opposite of what he was in, in, in a way like and I want to be what my mom was but a role model like GT said somebody that my kids can look up to and I need I, I I'm good friends with my parents now i would say but i want to have that boundary too like i understand that boundary casey i have that with my mom i'm starting to develop it with my dad more but i want that the whole time as much as much as you can yeah obviously. see mine was, the mine was the opposite
2: mine right. was the opposite i, know. Like, I, I had, had it with mom but i was like I, I had the boundary with my dad but it didn't have it with my mom so yeah i knew you could yeah. relate with that because like yes. i felt like you're like with reversed. your dad's dynamic
1: yeah. And I mean, so I agree with everything you all said. And I think this kind of stuff just develops. I mean, there's multiple reasons. We've already talked, t- touched on your personality. That's obviously probably the biggest factor, whatever your personality is, you is going to be a huge indication of how you're going to approach this, your family upbringing, you know, if it's positive or negative. But I also think that, and I invite people to read about this and maybe take a quiz on this. I also think whatever attachment style you develop as a result of your your family upbringing is very important. There's four different attachment styles. I invite people to take the quiz to see what their attachment style is. I know for a fact like mine is an anxious attachment style with how I form relationships. And I know that that has definitely impacted how I approach my friendships, my relationships, how I'm going to approach my kids. Like, I know I'm going to think I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, but I can't do that I can't approach it like that, but I know that's one of my attachment style is, you know, and it's a. I am coming with more psychology things. Sorry, but
2: as your friend, I can definitely vouch that. Yes, he is a very
0: anxious
2: person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yes.
1: Everybody, anybody who knows me knows I. I just I can't. I just am, you know. But that's just my attachment style, and I have to. I have come to terms with it, and I have to find ways to have strengths and weaknesses with it. And my friendship with my parents and talking about how things are nowadays has helped.
3: So it's kind of hard because kind of answered it, but it's, you know, with growing older, do you see yourself being able to be better friends with your parents or are they the same when you were a kid, no matter what your situation? And I've kind of heard already like Casey's, Connor's, Tanner's, I haven't really heard so, I'd like to start off with Tanner because I feel like i I'm getting this general, and it's not me trying to knock you guys out of this question. I feel like we've heard it, but
0: you know the interesting thing about growing up is also realizing that your parents are getting older too, and to realize that they were our age once and just lost young adults who you know got jobs, started a family and everything, and they're trying to figure their shit out too, and they're evolving over time too and so the interesting thing about with my parents is as I've gotten older and reflected on my childhood and everything that my family, even though they're divorced now, everything that my sister, myself, my mom and dad, the four of us went through is one of the most chaotic and uterus upbringings that that I've heard. And I've heard plenty of stories from people. But sitting back and reflecting on all of that, realizing all the shit we come through helps you bring yourself closer to those people. And so as I've gotten an adult and kind of matured and, and reflected on everything, my parents too have, you know, matured and reflected on everything that happened. And I have definitely have gotten closer with them through it. And it's interesting how sometimes time heals and you kind of grow closer with people as let's say a, a traumatic event or even a great event happened in the past as time passes. Sometimes it even strengthens the bond and that's the case with my parents. So I've definitely become better friends with my parents. And they've done a great job as I've gone on to become my own adult. They've learned to kind of let go of me in a way, keep me at arm's reach and become more of a mentor and friend rather than a parent who's still kind of controlling aspects of my life. So they're still giving me guidance, right? They're still telling me this is right, this is wrong, here's what I would do. But they're not telling me this is what you need to do. This is your only option or I'm going to tell you what to do and this is what it is. So it's been cool because I've been maturing and I'm like, oh, you know, I found myself in... You know, I've, I've done this and this over the last few years, but so have our parents. They've had to evolve too as we've gone older and matured as well. They, they've had to learn to adapt from being a parent of their child to be more of a mentor and friend yeah. And kind of taking a step back and letting that kid figure out life itself. Yeah. So that's my long-winded answer. I
3: apologize. Dude, to be quite, I, I agree. I think for me, it was my parents. Yeah, they definitely took care of me. They made sure I was okay, but they always kind of kept me close and they didn't let me learn from my mistakes because Mm. I was held to such a high standard. It was like, you need to do it like so good. You need to do it like this, which, you know, I understand like what they want, but I feel like I wasn't able to learn as much as early as other people. And that's why I've learned them. These lessons later on in life, I never got to go to spring break. Like my other buddies, my first spring break with friends was when I went with Tanner to PCB where everyone else was doing it in high school, middle school, like everyone was doing their thing. Right. So I felt like I was kind of held back a little bit, like, but I understand why, but I always like resented it. And I always got upset and mad. I was like, you're not letting me go do these things. I feel like I'm being kind of restricted yeah, and stuff that I could mm-hmm. do instead of, I get to learn on my own, which I think they're doing a better thing of that now they still try to do that. And I have to remind them like, Hey, you're not letting me grow up. You're not letting me figure this out. I greatly appreciate your help and guidance. I really do. Like, I'm not upset about it, but it's, you just cut down like a little bit. Let me learn from myself. Yeah.
0: That's all they can do, man. I mean, they have yeah. to, cause then a lot of times if you remain too controlling, you see how that push and pull happens and eventually that that it says enough is enough. And- and it kind interrupts. of goes in with those boundaries, like eventually those yep. boundaries need to drop and they need to let you're
2: no longer a kid anymore. Yeah. yeah I'm can't a be grown controlled as much no. because if not, then they really won't be your friends later. And I feel like in mine, it's like, right. I, I don't, like, I don't, did you ever have that realization? You could tell what kind of person your parents were when they were younger I did, Mm -hmm. and I I realized I would never have been friends with my parents. (laughs) I never would have been friends with My dad was so Mm. lame. I would never have been. Over time, we'll probably become good friends later and stuff like that. I do think we will, but as of right now, he's still, like, the father figure, and, you know, just very strict kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I would have been really good friends with (laughs) him.
1: That's funny. That's funny. I know we've talked about that before. I think I'm the same way with my dad, Casey. I mean, with how he is now... Absolutely, if he was like that when he was younger. Your dad's dad. cool, man. I love he your is. dad. I love my dad. I really do. He damaged. So I think his first impression. I don't know if I would have gotten along with it. My mom, though, I would have had a good relationship with.
0: Well, to switch gears real quick, this is the really the one question that I was waiting to ask the whole podcast because we have we have a individual whose parents are still together. We have someone whose parents separated when they were a young adult about to leave for college we have someone whose parents separate when they were a child and then casey went and did your parents separate Are they separate when i was young around like seven okay so. okay so, so different areas of your life and also different situations in general but i'm very curious to hear everyone's opinion about this you know as a child of divorced parents i look back at my childhood to see if my upbringing was different than i remembered kind of you know like i talked about previously but what role do you think divorce has on the upbringing of those kids of divorced parents like me, like Connor, like Casey, and uh, so many others? What do you think the role of divorce has in terms of
1: all that? I'd be curious what you think, Casey.
0: Well, I feel like the
2: role of divorce really plays in is it really can confuse a child, like what love is. Um, Cause that was for me, what really impacted me the most. Cause like in my situation, it was my, my dad, he did cheat on my mom and that's what caused the divorce. And it, it did happen to be with my mom's best friend. Oh my. And exactly. Oh no. So it's like very soap opera-esque kind of thing, but um, yeah. it was just one of those things where like, it was so much confusion because this was a family friend and like, it was my dad and he made the decision and like, my parents loved each other and then it just happened kind of thing. In my mind at that time, they were madly in love. I did not see it coming. So it's like you know, looking at that and realizing that it's just not like it's not. It. It's glass and mirrors. You only see what your parents want you to see, kind of thing. And I feel like love was the big Holy thing that shit, got affected yeah. by it. And oh. and I get that they have to kind of do that for your child. You have to paint a perfect picture. You don't want the kids seeing certain things. You don't want them knowing certain things. And I get that, but it's like. I mean, kids know, it's like, kids are very perceptive and you can see it in younger kids nowadays where it's like, they're even more perceptive nowadays because of technology. Oh, you really yeah. can see this stuff. You can't really hide much from a kid and it yeah. does affect them. And parents yeah. might think, no, I kept it from them. They, they didn't notice. Like, no, they, they found didn't out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I think the love part really affected me because it really made me struggle to like build that close relationship with someone because <laughs> I was afraid. I was afraid that and what if somebody that I think really loves me, what if they just cheat on me? And then like, later down my life, I did experience oh, what it feels man. like to get cheated on. I don't and think about that. I know. It's, it's I don't want to think about
3: being cheated on. <laughs> that's happened to me. So I don't ah, want to think dude. about that. I get, yeah. I it's, don't want to think about that. I'm sorry. sorry.
2: I know. I'm sorry. But it's that's. I think that's like the biggest effect that I got from the divorce was being able to love and just knowing what real love is. Because the concept of love can be very subjective. You know, what people consider yeah. love, it can be completely opposite of someone else. You know, and there's lo- many love languages, and that's something I didn't even learn until I was in my 20s. I didn't realize how I communicate with love until I was like way later in my life. So
3: I would love to know Connor's side. Coming from someone who my parents are still together, I would love to see like the evolution because Connor was a little younger and then Casey, but Casey's our guest. I wanna see like kind of up. So I can see, I don't know. And that might just be me. I don't know if that's selfish, but I think that could be kind of like moving up, (laughs) you know, (laughs) all
1: right,
0: let's go. Let's do it. Let's keep going. Uh,
1: But I mean, I have a very, I, I can't say much more adding on to Casey. That was really greatly summarized, dude. I, I had the same, same exact thing. I mean, not not my dad cheating on my mom. Um,
2: <laughs> I was to say enough, they
1: they, they kind of cheated wow. on each other, but my dad was more upset about it, even mm. though he cheated on more. It's a, it's I still I'm fuzzy on the details. It's Whoa. weird. But the point is, is that it was so personal, their divorce and filled with so much like anger and hatred really from my father that I saw like how it affected my mom and how much she felt like she had to shoulder, the burden of it all, of being a mom and just being there for us and not letting it affect us, even though of course it did affect us. And of course we saw how it affected her, just like you said, where we weren't blind, we saw what happened. It has impacted my love language and impacted all my situations in love. And it's definitely impacted, I would just say, how... I treat kids how I am going to be a father. I mean, it's pretty much affected like how I treat people, I would say, because I thought I could take people at face value. And then when I learned I really couldn't, that was really hard for me and took me a very long time to learn. And I'm still not great about that, to be honest. So yeah, Tanner, I'm curious about you because you have a later divorce experience and you had the stable household for a
3: very long time it's such a late right before you head off on your own to figure (laughs) out your own stuff to see something like that i'm it's a curious time
0: yeah connor and casey's responses both both really touched home because you know you grow up your whole life with this family dynamic that i didn't i knew my family wasn't perfect i mean shit my dad doesn't have any legs and i moved 12 times you know like go ahead it's Connor, you can crack a smile so okay. I mean
1: I'm sorry but the way you said the it the way oh, you yeah. said it come on that such, Am assholes. I wrong God damn that it, such God damn it. That such Am I wrong No we're not assholes. dude I-
3: yeah, Tanner, I had a I, Tanner look, I had a serious face. I didn't laugh. Nah, I it's alright. It's alright.
1: I, I like. I like. <laughs> he did it, you know. did it on purpose. Yeah, sure. I did. GT. I, GT, I did do it on, on nice. purpose.
2: GT's a better person than us.
0: That's right. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm, no, I'm <laughs> The whole dynamic of this is my family, and and we're all good. And then that to drastically change and flip your world upside down. I'm so close. I was so close to my family. Because everything that we, we had to go through and moving and this and that. And so, yeah, talk about love. And then what was really interesting is, is is my mom moved on way faster than than my dad. You know, my mom was actually remarried within a year and a half of my parents' divorce with
3: my current that stepdad. Was, and that was so weird. I'm not going to lie. That's another From the ball, outside part.
0: Yeah. Well, that was another curveball for me that I would not have expected if you told me that a few years prior to all that reevaluating what love is well how could how could something that was you know 20 years of a relationship seem like it really wasn't that special if my mom remarried in a year and a half and that's something that I struggled and held against my mom for a little while but everyone heals differently and my mom I felt like at some point was truly in love with my dad and I know my mom is truly in love with my stepdad and sometimes things just don't work out yeah but that, and then, like you guys said, I felt and do feel timid and kind of hold back a little bit in my my relationships of opening up myself fully, because then I feel like this person can hurt me still. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I could talk about it for a while or get more emotional about it, but it's it's really it's really interesting to have that happen to you as a as a man before you go to college, and then you're supposed to find the the woman ring before spring and all this shit, and you're like. I don't even know. Like, right at the right know what time. I love is.
3: It, right know. at the but tough. It's like time. the
0: time
2: where you're supposed to be going out and exploring, finding out like yep. who's going to be the person that you like. They do say, statistically speaking, you'll meet them in college and stuff like that. You meet the person that connects you to the person, like you yeah, meet mm-hmm. the, the vine of people that will eventually lead you down the road of the person that and you that's eventually marry.
3: Crazy, married. but and but on the flip tough. side,
0: I will say briefly on the flip side to to a positive manner on it is, it makes me very selective of. Not only with my significant other, but my friends and people who I truly care for and love. Because now my love, if I truly love you, is deeper than it ever would have been, I think, if my parents were still together. It just made me really appreciate what true love is. And, you know, I, could, I can say with my current relationship that it's the girl I'm going to marry. And I'm sure of that.
1: I like what you touched on with how you're more selective, too. That's, that's definitely something that I can relate to.
2: I was going to ask you all if y'all thought religion was a big part of your upbringing and if you think that is important, but uh, basically would you say religion is an important part of your upbringing? And would you say that it had a big effect on who you are today? And do you think it is an important part that? Like maybe people should incorporate or something is that people should be like exposed to. I, th-
0: I think this is a tough one because I think it is very beneficial and I feel like it can really add value to what love is and, how to love your neighbor and everything else that Christianity, for example, because that's the religion I grew up on. So I can speak about Christianity. It can show you a lot more about relationships and having another source of love that is different from the love that you have for your parents and your siblings and everything. It's slightly different with religion, your love for God and Jesus. Do I think it's absolutely necessary? No. And I say that only because you can develop those skills and know what love is and everything without having religion as part of that, of or any of your discipline, having religion as part of your household upbringing. But I think it can add value to someone's life. It can teach you a lot of, you know, principles that your parents can teach you, but to also have another source that's kind of repeating and you're like, Oh, maybe my parents are right about is this or times are tough, but you're supposed to push through. This is what Jesus did. This is true love. This is a sign of someone does love me. And save your parents saying every day, you know, I love you, good night. It, it just has another meaning of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a hard, hard thing to explain. That's a great question. And GT, I'm curious
1: about your point of view with this.
3: I think it's not something that absolutely is mandatory per se. I know some people are very serious about it, and you know, and that's personal decision. And I'm not here to say that's neither right nor wrong but I would say it for me personally, it does help and I do agree with Tanner because it's another source of love and it's something that we can look at and something that we grow up learning about and we get to see all the little things because there's a lot of stories within the Bible and lots of things throughout service that we learn that when you really start to learn, like listen and learn like you, I think you really get surprised and that could be with whatever religion it is. I think there's definitely stories, no matter what religion you grow up. I do say for me, I will say it's all personal judgment yeah. and personal opinion, but I would say for me, it, it does help. So, but that's, I I personally think so. That's the opinion. application. That's, that's that,
2: why I asked, because I would like, I want to hear y'all's personal opinion, whether or not it helped y'all. So, yeah. yeah it
3: has. And it's something that you know I've learned a lot through and I'm very blessed for it. So but yeah. what about you, Connor? Cuz oh, I want to know Connor's Yeah, I want to know I want to know Connor's opinion <laughs> cuz this will get um, real interesting.
1: I mean, I I teased on it. If you had asked me when I was like 18, I you know was very I was I mean, I was averse to religion, I'll just be honest with you. I've realized what it was now, but back then I thought religion Basically, my mom and dad's side of the family. We could go into a whole episode about religious upbringing, and maybe we should in the future. But I'll just say my whole mom and dad's side was split because of religion. So it really fucked with my perception of what relationships were. And it, on the outside, because of religion, all the relationship was this. But then when the religious connection was fractured, the relationship was nothing. And then that just confused me because I was like. Well, what about everything besides the religion was there not love left, you know, and so I like y'all's answers because that's where I'm at now. Funnily enough, I will say that I think the only the main thing that it's impacted, at least in terms of my kids, is that I'm going to be very open with when I expose them to religion. I I'm not going to force them, but I'm going to try to expose them to a lot of different philosophies and a lot of different things so that they can choose as they get older. I'm not when they're super young, you know, when they start to develop more of a mind for that kind of thing. But it definitely, for a long time, I was very I was very adverse to it and it was hard for me to understand why people would do that, like get together solely for that reason. But, you know, as I don't know, as I've gotten older, I mean, love is love. Love is different for everyone and there's, I can't put myself or I, I can't take away from other people's perspectives. You know, if that's something that works for them and strengthens their bond, well, that's awesome and that's amazing and it should strengthen their bond. And so I'm way more open, like I told you guys in the resolution episode, to my own relationship with religion and how it can maybe positively benefit me in my own relationships at this point. So, yeah, that's pretty much oh, it.
2: I would say I like I like everyone's answer because I, I that's kind of what I was expecting. A lot of people want to say that you can get something out of it. There's always good that can comfort it. It's not necessary. And I have seen people who've grown in like an atheist household who their parents were atheists. They were shown religion though. And I feel like that's the big difference though, is I feel like everyone should maybe be exposed to it to know what it is. Cause you know, you don't want to go over to your friend's house and you're just about to eat dinner awkwardly and you're an atheist. You've never said a prayer in your life and they're all about to say prayer <laughs> Dude, and you've never said, <laughs> I, I, I've gone to many households where it was a different religion and I wasn't prepared, but I feel like that's what can really help is just exposing your kids to religions and everything just to know what it is just so they're more knowledgeable yeah. so they can be more accepting of other people and their situations instead of being you know ignorant to the fact and be like what are you doing like that kind of thing so right and it, oh, it yeah. teaches you life lessons it can teach you treating other people the way you want to be treated and a lot of yeah. really like good life stories and you know stuff that could help you throughout your entire life let alone just your early upbringing and stuff
3: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah so think about it we're 10 societies like you gotta live on your own Figure out your own self, your foundation for later on in life, especially when religion comes in. Who's the ones that go to church? So I think that's a very interesting way how you put that. But kind of switching gears, I have a very curious question that's kind of on my mind. Some people kind of grade different religions, but going into a different route, like why do pe- why do you think people tend to grade? how different parents parent their kids when they may maybe some of them haven't even had kids of their own like have you noticed that like as we get older we start to grade others like that was a bad parenting decision that's not even our kid we don't even know the situation I mean
2: Ooh, I'm, I'm saying I'm guilty of it because I see these parents it, giving their kids a tablet like a four-year-old on a tablet at a table watching their TV show i i
3: judge them entirely so yeah oh, God. <laughs> i would yeah, say dude, yeah. or a five-year-old yeah.
2: with a cell phone like a
3: brand yeah. new brand new like iphone the or the oh i had a, I had a seven-year-old <laughs> come to my freaking baseball camp with a brand new iphone and i said in my head i almost said it out loud oh, i had to stop oops. myself i would have oh, hit that thing oh dude i was all oh, in my head i was like what the fuck are you doing with a brand new iphone <laughs> well but yeah no i will say that i do see
2: people <laughs> judge other people's parenting i do see it a lot i do it myself even though i don't have kids so i'm guilty of it i would like to say that i think i am a little right when it comes to judging a parent for giving them a tablet when i I think that's just absurd i think kids should not have be sucked into technology as much as they are but that makes me sound so old i think (laughs) it's like it makes it sound like that
3: like cliche adult she has a tablet iphone computer a whole nother electronic device i'm like what the fuck do you need all this for she's so I have three things going on one time. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. But go ahead, Connor. I, I,
2: yeah, I would say you go ahead, Connor.
1: Oh, no, no. I mean, you, you kind of touched on it. And I'll just say, I actually think it's healthy to have your own opinions about what other parents are doing, especially all of us who have dealt with different kinds of situations with our families and our upbringing. Like, we're, we're going to think differently about how kids should be raised as somebody who All of us, I think, have worked with kids at one point. There's somebody who actively works with kids now and sees their attention absolutely messed up from how much technology they consume, and technology is the only thing I can get to make them focus. Like that, I I know what y'all are saying it's awful and it's because their parents perpetuate that kind of attention kind of seeking activities but i mean i i think it's actually healthy to understand like what you want to do as a parent especially if you would like to be a parent just because like kids influences are not just limited to their parents they're going to be influenced by other things in their life so if if you start researching and you have your own healthy ways of how these kids maybe should be influenced in their lives, I think there's nothing wrong with, with judging that. I mean, maybe to an extent, obviously, maybe don't flame a parent online or something, unless they really deserve it.
2: <laughs> I've thought Unless about they it. deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> I've
1: thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some yeah, dumb parents
2: off. on Facebook, man. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say, unless they deserve
1: it. Here we go.
0: Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing, too, because you're watching from afar and you can see how Like you said, that the kids attention seeking, or he's not clearly getting the, or she is not getting the clear attention that they need as a child, right? You look up to your, your parents and your family, like you want to play fort with them or go outside with your friends and shit. And if the kid is not getting the, that can cause all kinds of problems as as the person gets older, social disorders, you you name it, anxiety, everything, all the above. So yeah, I hate, I hate to be judgmental too, especially since I don't even Me have too. a kid, right. That I know of. And to, to judge someone, I feel bad, right. Cause like that's their life and I have absolutely no say in it. I agree. But yeah, like you said, Connor, in a way it's, you're also kind of critiquing them to know what you do and do not want to do as a parent when you are one. So I think that's what it is. And then also GT just to add, it's just because everyone's judgy and fucking critiques everything every everyone mm-hmm. has an opinion of everything and why it's, not critique parenting too yeah it's, it's human, human right? it's
3: human to critique it's, it's right. human right it is human yeah you have your right to your own opinions just gotta That's find correct. a balance yeah. just don't it's start got, blurring yeah. somebody's opinions out might get you in trouble a little bit That's right. <laughs> oh, i have so many <laughs> i know oh you. we got a very opinionated person up in this <laughs>
0: <laughs> well guys just to kind of End the episode, as we always do, we always try to either condense everything or end it with tips and advice that we can give for the viewers or listeners. So my question for you guys here is, how can we learn to not let our past define us in terms of how we were raised? You know, what are some tips and tricks we can use to develop this mindset? And uh, Casey, since you are the guest, I would like you to start and then Connor and GT to follow. Oh, I've always liked this one.
2: I would say, consider yourself a giant stone. You'll eventually be sculpted to a statue. You just got to chisel away and everything. That's what I've always been told. Just oh, chisel away. Oh, shit. Never heard that. Because that's really cool I, I like it because oh, eventually shit. you'll become the thing that you want. The thing that's inside. I yeah. like it. It's cheesy. It's cheesy, but it's true because yeah. the things that are blocking you, you can chip away all those negative things. You can chip away all you want. But you would say, regardless, there is a statue there. You just, it's going to be harder to see it. But over time... Everything through learning, through all those mistakes, learning through all the things that your parents did and the things that maybe you didn't agree with, but it's acknowledging them and being knowledgeable that they were not okay, but knowing that you are okay. And it's like you said earlier, it's okay to not be okay. If If
3: you don't put that as the IG rule, I swear to God, God, I'm going to be
1: upset. There are two <laughs> moments that Casey. There's multiple moments that Casey had, but that was good job. That was a great quote, Casey. That
3: was How the fuck Casey? do I follow that
1: shit?
2: Don't know what that was from. Actually, I can't remember it. But
1: so, I can't direct quote it from Sorry. the brain of Casey Heslin. I mean, yeah.
3: I. Hey, that's I can't OG. follow
1: that up too much. Honestly, <laughs> I would just say the one thing that I can think of for maybe people who have had tough upbringings or who have maybe been hard on themselves or hard on their parents, and I'm not assuming exactly what you've been through. Some people have obviously had it really hard. And it's, it would be hard to practice this, but forgiveness, maybe forgiveness yeah. for how oh you God. acted as a sibling, forgiveness for how you acted as a son if you're a parent, forgiveness, maybe as how you are acting now as a parent, I, I don't know. I, I just think the first step is learning how to how to forgive what happened to you and maybe forgive yourself for what has happened, because you're not going to be able to move on to that beautiful statue that Casey just summarized for us. Like, you're not going to be able to, and it's, it's going to be really hard to not feel guilt if you just never forgive yourself for the things that you do or forgive your maybe your parents for what they did. And if you have a relationship to talk to them, about these things please please do or go talk to a therapist about practicing forgiveness for example
3: use our link
2: i should have said that go talk to a therapist i i agree with well, that. that too <laughs> i
1: agree well, with that's, that
0: that's funny that's you guys f- mention it if you guys want to use our online referral link get 10 off your first month of therapy at betterhelp.com slash let's talk 20s shameless plug third PT. plug third plug this episode <laughs> <laughs> Woo! please someone use it no
3: I'm just kidding. i would say I don't want to sound too cliche, but when people say, don't let your past define who you are, but only let that influence into who you can truly become and take the pluses and, and also the negatives, but use that to mold and sculpt. Like Casey said, use that past and let that sucker become more of a beautiful work of art instead of a. One big crack and then you pass, crumble that statue into little rocks. That's not yeah. a statue anymore. He gets it. I love he it. Gets it. He gets he it. Gets it. He gets it. He <laughs>
0: gets it. He gets it. I guess the only thing I'll add to
3: everything is that, you know, if you,
0: if you think you were in a tough upbringing and everything, I guess you have to sit down with yourself and really think, would I want that to happen to my kids? The clear answer would be no. So your job now is to do everything in your power to provide your children with an upbringing that was not as filled with as much hate and distaste that, that you were in. So if you were in a tough situation, do you want that to happen to your kids? No, try to do everything in your power to not provide that same upbringing for your children. And it's all about love. You got to love yourself. Like Connor said, you got to forgive those people who possibly produced trauma or you had disagreements with your parents and you you resenting them. But now as you get old, you realize that they were just trying to do what was best for you. And sometimes they told you things you needed to hear, not what you wanted to hear. So Casey, I just want to say thank you for being on this episode, bro. This topic itself is definitely one of the most personal ones we've had thus far. And I really appreciate your openness and depth to all the answers. It was really yeah, great. Thank having you,
3: on. man. Really
2: thank you so much for having it. It. Oh, and I did want to add in I would say, for in case parents are also watching or anything, if they yes. listen, I would say listen to your kids. Listen yeah. to yeah. them. I would say, because I feel like that's something
1: that doesn't get said too often. Like parents can look back and go, oh, oh, I did fine. I was a great parent. I'm glad we got to talk about this in a different kind of setting. Your insight and how you view this kind of perspective is very helpful. It's very open, and it helps me with my own stuff. So thank you, man.
2: Mm-hmm. I say, Absolutely. You always help me with my stuff. So I appreciate it absolutely
1: well
0: fellas another episode in the books i just want to say once again i hope you guys can take advice from us i think this was a great episode but as usual thank you for listening and we'll see you guys in the next episode peace